and welcome to Champions of the Pacific. I'm Tale Anderson. Come to Māori, I'm Vinnie Wiley. Today we speak to a Fijian trailblazer in women's sport and a Paralympic shot putter reveals how sport changed his life for the better. Whether it's standing up to bullies or opening a new medical clinic in the middle of a pandemic or overseeing Fiji's first ever Olympic medal, Kathy Wong is a born leader. The mother of three is synonymous with rugby and sports administration in Fiji and the Oceania region. And in 2019, she was made an officer of the Order of Fiji for her contribution and services to the country. A physiotherapist by profession, she joined the Fiji Olympic Committee in 1985, a year after graduating from medical school, and was approached by Fiji Rugby two years later, where she never stopped fighting for opportunities for women both on and off the field. I was very, very fortunate in the early years of my career as a physio. The environment I worked in was a very enabling environment. I, um, I was asked as a professional to be the physio. I was not asked because I was a woman. And that for me set the benchmark. So when people said, did you struggle? I said, no, because they allowed me to create my own path. The FRE at that time said, you're the physio, do what you got to do. So I was very familiar with that type of environment. So they did not see me as a woman. They saw me as a professional. And that's something that I've taken with me and, and I still use it till today. So you've had the benefit of that enabling environment. Um, from your experience, yes. have other women in Fiji or other physio, is that the norm? Is it improving or... You know, were you one of the lucky ones or is... I think I, I must say I was probably one of the lucky ones. No, it's not the norm. It's definitely not the norm. A more majority of women will have it hard. The telpo was I was a professional. So they took me on as a professional. And um, that was the easy part. The hard part was ensuring that same relationship lasted years down the line. So working with FRU in setting up clear pathways to make sure that uh, there was equity and equality in around the field. I'll give you an example. I mean, over the years, boards changed, environment changed, atmospheres changed, where I had appointed a female physio to travel with one of the teams. I was asked, uh, do we have another physio? And I said, uh, oh, is she not competent enough? And they said, no, no, she's very, very competent. We just don't want a woman. I had to take a step back. And in my instinct reaction was, you know, if you don't have a physio, you don't get anybody. So, but because of the environment, it changes over time. To work in that environment, I had to, all right, go back, fulfill the look at everything, the whole thing. And then I said, she's a competent one and it's either her or you don't get a physio. Then they asked me, what about you? That's when it dawned on me that they did not see me as a woman. So I had set the benchmark to that level where, so I had to try and create that same environment where they saw other people exactly the same. It was hard work. Uh, some of the board decisions at that time was hard. What got me through was being very, very professional and sticking to my ethics and sticking to my guns. I didn't budge. And uh, so as I said, yes, I probably am one of the more fortunate ones, but that is not the case for the majority of women in Fiji and the Pacific. Is, is leadership something that you've always been comfortable with? I didn't realize it until later. And then it was pointed out to me when I did, my, when I studied that, when I did the Leadership Fiji program, this is when the, Mr. Parkinson, the, I was doing the interview then he said to me, you are a leader in your, in your own right and you need to take that to the next level. That really struck me as I said, no, I'm not. I'm here to learn to be a leader. That's why I'm doing this program. When he said to me that, I realized, it made me look back, reflect on what I had gone through 
And then I said, oh dear, can't use some S word on this, but oh dear. What he said was really, so that was another profound moment in my leadership journey. Would it come naturally? I think it goes back to me being brought up in a boarding school. I was in a boarding school where, you know, it's not easy being in a boarding school, uh, where you have to work hard. And when I saw things, and going back to my parents' teaching, when I saw things not done, what I thought was not done right, I would stand up for it. So I naturally started standing up for things that I saw was incorrect. Like if I saw bullying happening, I would stand up for the person being bullied, small as I was, but I still did it. So I think it may have been my upbringing as a child, come from a family of 10, 10 brothers and sisters, you learn to stand up and fight. You know, I'm number eight, so you learn to stand up and fight. You want that dress, you want this show, you want that. So I think it goes right back to how you're brought up. And then the rest, as I said, in that leadership journey, it's, uh, that's when I realized I don't see myself as a leader, but the rest of Fiji does. And then I have a responsibility to just make sure that I do deliver. Clearly, you are an inspiration and, and a role model to many women in Fiji and around the region. And you've been recognized as such. Uh, International Women's Day last year um, and, you know, numerous, numerous awards, too many to mention. Um, is that something you're con- is that something you're conscious of as well, like being a female leader in Fiji in the Pacific in a sporting environment? I didn't have this role. I would just blast something on Facebook. Now uh, everything I do, I run it through a few people before I put it out, and I'm very conscious of how I present myself, what I say, what I do, because it, it does reflect. And uh, this was mentioned to be my my daughter. I mean, because at home, it's a completely different, I mean, we're not different, but you know how we have our disagreements and all that. And then I would say, oh, you know, this, this person is so-and-so. And she said, mom, you can't say that. If you say that, the whole of Fiji will think this person is so-and-so. That's when I realized I have to be very, very careful what and how and when I say what I do. So I had a responsibility to make sure that you live up to that Uh, Am I comfortable with it? No, I'm not comfortable with it, but it's a responsibility. And I've learned to take it as it comes and then build it from there. What were your emotions from a Fiji rugby perspective as Chef to Mission watching that gold medal five years ago? And then, of course, just just weeks ago now, if that watching both the Fiji men and Fiji women, the Fijiana winning uh, medals in Tokyo. And I guess for the men it was expected, but a lot of people didn't think the Fijiana would reach that height and I know they've had an interesting couple of years they didn't just surprise people they were playing every match they're looking you know they looked like they were going to beat New Zealand and they almost did or arguably maybe should have um what was it like watching that from afar Rio as a CDM I actually did not have any emotions I was on the go mode so moved all emotions from myself but just bang bang do this this got to be done this so after the games when the prime minister sitting next to me said I wanted this this is done it was like no time to go and celebrate, shake the boys' hands. Yes, I was happy, screaming, smiling, but same time, bang, the shield comes on. This is what you got to do. So did I have time to actually celebrate the win in Rio? No. It was only when I got home and then took that one month off, that's when I realized, holy crap, we've actually done it. The emotions with this one was, yes, the boys, I expected them to meddle. The girls, I was, we were quietly confident. When we went into the bronze medal, I knew straight away the bronze medal was ours. So that's how confident I was of the girls. And the emotions was, okay, sideline language, sideline language, sideline language. I was, I think I, if I could 
scream at the television, I could, but I had to remain calm. When I say sideline languages as physios, when you're on the sideline, you're not allowed to say anything negative. It's all positive. It was very, very different emotions. And when they won the bronze medal, it was like, oh my God, I could retire and die peacefully now. All achieved, done, now I can retire. I'm quite happy to hands up and go. And to see the girls on that podium, that's just another thing. Yes, I loved it when, I mean, don't get me wrong, the boys redoing that gold medal, well done. But having the girls up on that podium, so stoked for them, so proud of them. Well, Kathy sounds like an incredible woman and she sounds, yeah, really busy, eh, Vinny? Yeah, she doesn't get too much rest. Uh, she's she's on the Fiji Sports Commission Board, uh, the Oceania Rugby Board, where she's also the women's director. Uh, she's obviously a World Rugby Council representative uh, for Oceania, where, you know, plenty of big issues like eligibility and just challenges that Pacific nations face, you know, very important to have um, Pacific people there actually in those decision-making rooms to try and make a change and have some influence. She, you know, she's not a woman that has much uh, time to rest. Uh, she really mm-hmm. is passionate about community service. Yeah, she's uh, pretty busy uh, and, and pretty passionate about what she does. The Paralympics get underway later this month and for Ben Tuimaseve, it's his time for the big dance. The 32-year-old tells us how taking up shot put has helped him to embrace his disability and how some help from New Zealand's dame Valerie Adams has given him a boost for his debut at the 2020 Tokyo Games. Cerebral palsy, from what I understand, is a um, deficiency uh, in the brain. It uh, affects the brain and then therefore it, re- it affects the motor skills on usually one side of your body. From top to bottom, it affects my left side. I think it even affects my eye and my eyesight. So, um, But it varies for every single person. So that's the, I suppose that's the beauty of it. I'm on the mild scale, so it wasn't the hardest, but um, I suppose just the environment that I grew up in, full of uh, amazing people, like very able, a lot of males in the family were very physically able and able to do work. And I just sort of felt a bit behind in that sense. It's probably made who I am in regards to perspective of life, like just seeing um, everyone's different and having to try and understand where everyone's coming from. When did you become comfortable or a bit more confident and hold yourself up a little bit more? Was it when you were older? Or? Yeah, it definitely took me um, way too long to accept it uh, fully. Probably in the last five years, I I made a conscious effort to try and do that, eh? because I felt like I was letting it get the best of me. So I, I had to do something about it. And probably the last two years, like starting Shopper has made me feel like shit I've got a lot of work to do and yeah it's it's starting to come along and come through to be like yo this is who I am and I'm starting to own it slowly but um it's something that is not going to go away so I have to um yeah I have to own it and there's so many people that I've seen um while entering shopper that they just own their own their shit like their disability and um and that's pretty cool to see and I'm I'm sort of taking that path but like I said I'm 32 years old and um it took me way too long, but it's better late than never. And um, yeah, I'm putting in effort more than ever, so i got to be proud of that. Eh? Has sport always been a big part of your life, or how did you get into it? <laughs> sport? Sport? Yeah, well, not for me personally, for my family. Yeah, yeah. So I, like, I, in the past, I've played like touch rugby for, for family teams, and probably indoor netball was the only sports that I could say that I've been involved in. But um, for me personally, no. Uh, for the whole family, yeah, people... 
did sports a lot and they also try to crack it including my dad i think um personally that's why that's a little drive for me he made jk's the junior kiwis in league and um i think that's a part of me that wanted to be like oh shit i'm i'm on my way there i want to see if i can take it a bit all the way yeah and so here we are but um sports was something that was so foreign to me that i knew that if i was to do it it would make me deal with all the challenges that i chose not to uh in the past and yeah here we are and it's um hard work but um i'd rather that than do nothing about it eh? so. speaking about those challenges mm. what what are some of those challenges for you what have they been uh self-doubting and i've only realized that what has been the cause of that um that's probably a story for another day but yeah definitely self-doubt doubting myself way too much to a point where it's probably not healthy but it's it's getting better way better and it's cool i suppose yeah working on that has been the that's been the biggest one self-doubt because that affects everything else right like you're you know who you are as a person but that's what can deter you away from being that and so that's the biggest work on but um yeah for me it's it's been that and um i'm getting there because um uh if anything starting this journey i only knew one thing to not give up and that's why i'm here <laughs> so it's cool and why shot put um shot put for me um because it's strength based yeah pacific islanders a they're strong naturally um i don't think i was going to make it as a runner um, <laughs> uh being a solo sport you end up in your own space and in your own head a lot and um it's like oh shit just discovering what's actually in there right to um so you can work through but um yeah, just learning your body, that's probably been a buzzy challenge too. Like, I like to dance, but I'm pretty uncoordinated. <laughs> like, in the gym trying to do certain things, I realize that I'm pretty uncoordinated. So trying to, yeah, work your body, um, your brain and your body together to try and make it do one second of movement is pretty amazing. But, yeah, like I said, it's uh, healthy. I'm the healthiest I've ever been uh, physically, and I'm trying to make the mental and physical sort of marry up so we can um do some good things for all the support and stuff that was given to me i'm happy that i pushed through and and achieved this checkpoint of the journey which was to make the paralympics which is the pinnacle of the sport and um that was the goal and it's nice to say that in my life i achieved the goal eh? you know <laughs> yo so yeah yeah so it's um it's nice to know that yeah the work you put in is paying off I know uh, Lisa Adams, the sister of Valerie Adams, mm-hmm. is in your team as well. Yeah. And Valerie's actually been kind of a part of your training team or leading up to before she left, right? Because she was in the gym with you guys a little bit. Yeah, so I've I've been um, blessed and privileged to um, cross paths with her and um, have her there at times of training and stuff like that. Um, she's an amazing person, eh? Like, I think that's what sets her apart from, from a lot of people is that she's an amazing athlete she trains hard and trains the house down but outside of that she's um very kind and very supportive of people who are trying to better themselves in the sport and um i'm very lucky that she has given me advice and support along the way to um to help me because i i suppose being islander herself i felt more relatable to her and it was nice to have her and even her sister there to be like oh yo poly gang like where there's some of us in here and um yeah like i said just that island connection i think just the language makes sense and i guess that was a big part of a lot of learning for me to going forward when i couldn't really understand certain things that were going on 
like I said, she's a beast in the gym, but also, yeah, her and her sister are amazing people as well. If you want to hear more about Ben's journey, you can find Champions of the Pacific online at rnz.co.nz and click on the Pacific tab. You can download us from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favourite podcasts. Until next time, kā kite. Fafita. Fafita.